Good morning, everyone. If you have the title this morning, it's God's indescribable gift. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love us with an everlasting love and that your mercies are new every morning and your faithfulness is never ending. Amen. So, I don't know how you feel about Christmas. I don't know whether you fancy going to sleep now and waking up sometime January when it's all over. Or whether you're actually like Tigger when he's been on. He's at a pound bag of jelly babies and you are full of excitement and your inner six-year-old is just waiting to escape. I don't know how you feel about it. You know, I don't know whether you, you've spent the last few months looking through the Argos catalogue, surfing online, and being dreaming and being desperate for that one particular present for Christmas. Was that you, Alphana? I know you get excited about the Argos catalogue now and again. Okay, and when the big day arrives and you rip that paper off and you open that present, will your dream live up to the expectation? Or will you be playing with the box by Boxing Day? We have a thing in our house, Lydia will say to me, when you open your presents, do not go, oh, 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 oh. Do not look happy. Okay. It's not that I'm not happy and I'm not grateful. It's just sometimes they catch me off guard. But will the anticipation be worth the wait? Will the gift live up to the dream? And what's the best gift you've ever received? Just have a little think. I was going to go around with the microphone and ask, but I'm not going to do that. I've chickened out of that one. But one of the best gifts I ever got was this. Don't laugh. Is this? It is. It is. It is indeed, and his helmet's still wonky. Yes, it's the pullback one. Okay. So, for those of you who were... We, we can do a deal. Anyway, for those of you who were in a more advanced society than obviously what I was in Tino, you, you clip it in to a stand, and it has a white handle, and you turn the white handle as fast as you can. And eventually, it would shoot out at what would appear to be a rapid rate of knots when I was little. It's probably not that good. But Tino, this isn't even the original one. My children have heard me go on about this so much that they bought me one. Okay. Not that I harp on about things. Well... 
you've got the choice of that one or not. But I had endless hours of fun with that toy. So, is that all this Christmas season has to offer? Anticipation, expectation, followed by letdown and disappointment. Will the turkey even be as good as it smells whilst it's cooking? John's out the room, we're fine. But this morning, I want you to forget all about the presents, the turkey, the things that you have to do between now and Christmas Day, and focus on this. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So what's the gift? What is the gift? Some of you are good. The gift is, was, and shall be his only son, Jesus Christ, so that through faith in him, we could be forgiven our sins and have eternal life. You know, in John 3.16, and I'm sure many of you could quote it, It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And Isaiah 7, 14 says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Joe, do you just put up Matthew 1, 18 to 19? It says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Have you ever wondered what that conversation was like? We, we read these scriptures and we forget there's actual people behind this. There's actually flesh and blood behind these scriptures. There's actual people in situations Can you imagine the conversation? So Mary says, "Uh, Joseph, I've got something to tell you. Go on, I'm pregnant. What? You're pregnant? Uh, Yep. Can, Can you imagine sitting there, listening, as Joseph must have, as your world just begins to implode? So the obvious question from Joseph is, who's the father? And the killer line, it's God. Oh, come on. Really? That's the best you're going to come up with, woman? It's God. 
you imagine the relationship? Can you imagine how you would feel? Did Joseph see the situation he found himself in as a positive one? Did he view the prospect of having a pregnant girlfriend an exciting prospect? Did God's gift of a child fill him with joy or dread? Was Joseph's disappointment with the gift of his future wife had the anticipation and expectation of having a beautiful new wife evaporated before his eyes? Had the events of life overtaken him and disappointed him? The gift of a new life, a new wife, disappeared and left in its place a season of shame, embarrassment and ridicule. Can we go to Matthew 1, 20 to 25? But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate, consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. God's plan was far greater than either Joseph or Mary could ever have imagined. I think it would have taken an angel coming to me, not in a dream, but actually while I was wide awake with a very strong cup of coffee in my hand, to say, this is of God, for me to actually go, okay then, <laughs> all right, I'll go with it. But the gift is Jesus, and it's of a personal saviour, a God who knows what it's like to be human. We look at nativity scenes, and we think, oh, isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? Mum, dad, star above, donkey, octopus, whatever else. And the little baby in the manger. Oh. Oh. If any of you think the birth of Jesus was not a painful experience for Mary, you're deluded. You are absolutely deluded. It was a natural birth. So, Jesus knows your frame. He knows your pain. He's lived and breathed. Have you ever considered that the Son of God has actually stubbed his toe? 
on something and gone, ow, ooh, ah, ah, flipping out, that is. Might not be used to flipping out, but whatever the Hebrew is for that. He had headaches. He suffered heartache. He experienced bereavement. He laughed at jokes. Probably wouldn't have laughed at many of mine. There we go. He enjoyed meals. He enjoyed a glass of wine and went, oh, that's good. That's okay, that one. He experienced all of life's highs and lows. And all that life gives us. So that's the gift. But what's the gift about? It's not only a promise of eternal life, as good as that is, but it's a gift that affects every day. A gift that reaches deep within your soul and actually changes your identity. In John 15, 15, Jesus said this, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. That's a gift, isn't it? In Ephesians 1.5, in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So the gift is that we're no longer servants but sons. No longer employees but family. But not even just extended family. I'd have settled for being a second cousin three times removed. You know, that would have been okay. I had to settle for being somewhere on the family tree. But as a son. And Romans 8.17 says, Now we, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. gift isn't it and Psalm 103 says forget not all his benefits you see we're very quick to just go I'll have the eternal life I'll have that that bit the gift's lovely give it me let me cuddle it let me keep it safe but Psalm 103 says forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases and redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. 
As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. You know when you go east, so let's pretend that's north, that's south, so never east. Yeah, so east is there. So if I go east, don't look at that, there's more east to go. And if I go west, well, there's more west to go. I can just keep going and going. There's, there's just more east and there's more west. You never said north and south because you can actually stop at a north and you can stop at the south. But east and west just keep going. And when you get as far east as you thought you were, you can keep going east. Isn't that amazing? It's to me. It's to my simple brain. It says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. And I'll stop there because it just goes on and on and on. But if you think this morning that God's just got a big set of rules and it's no, don't, no, don't, stop. No, you're wrong. Go and find this Jesus for yourself and ask him what he's got in store for you. Because it's not a set of rules. It's not a set of regulations. It's love. You know, I could have gone on for hours with many more verses about God's Father heart for us. You know, I, I sat over there and I chuckled. And the prodigal son got mentioned because those who know me will know I could stand here and talk on the prodigal son for years. But God's good. So who is the gift for? So Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. So think back to your nativity scene. Mum, dad, a star over the stable, a cow, a donkey, the baby, and the three wise men. Traditionally, we think of three. But I find it very intriguing that there are none of the religious leaders of the day there. There are no scribes, there are no Pharisees. The chief priest wasn't there. The guys who had been waiting for the Messiah, who knew the scriptures inside out, back to front, upside down, weren't there. But instead, instead was this group of wise men. Astrologers, soothsayers, and they're there. If we look at what the scripture says about them, 
It says in Deuteronomy 4.19, and they look up to the sky and they see the moon and the sun and the stars and all the heavenly array. Do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worship these things. The Lord your God has appointed to all the nations under heaven. And in Deuteronomy 18, 9 to 12, it says, When you enter the land the Lord has given you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their sons and daughters in fire, who practices deviation or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or cast spells, or who is a medium or spiritualist who consults with the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord God will drive out these nations before you. But who's there at the birth of the Messiah? Who's there? The detestable. It's actually good news, that, folks. God invites them from the east to come and worship his son. And how does he actually do it? Does he send them a prophet who says, Hey, guys, big deal happening in Bethlehem. Get on your camels, let's go. Does he actually send them the scriptures and says, Learn them, study them, and one day you'll be good enough. No, it says, and we saw a star. God uses the very thing that's detestable to reach out to the detestable people and go, it's happening, come on, let's go. The people who are doing practices that are bottomed to God. And God sends a star to say, come on, come on. Come and get involved with this great salvation that I've got for the world. Come and get involved with my love for mankind. You know, I, I expected to see the scribes, the Pharisees there. Not the people who everyone turned their noses up at. The shepherds. Why are they there? The wise men behave. They don't even follow God. But they're there. And I wonder whether you look at that nativity scene and you think to yourself, well, I'm better than the shepherds. But I'm not quite as good as the wise men in all their finery, with all their nice gifts. I wonder whether you think that this morning. And if you do, you've actually got it the wrong way round. You're missing something. The shepherds bred the Passover lambs. They were the important ones to be there because they were inspecting the Son of God. 
making sure that he was without spot and blemish, that the Lamb of God who was going to be sacrificed was perfect. So they're the important people. And the wise men aren't, but God includes them. Even at the birth of Jesus, God reveals his heart. We read John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that that whoever believes in him shall not perish. So at the beginning of the story of salvation, not really the beginning, but at the birth of the Messiah, God's bringing all the people in. Not just the people you'd expect, but the abhorrent people, the people who you go, God wouldn't want them. And he does. He's revealing his heart. This is for everyone. It's not just for the special people in Jerusalem. It's not just for the chief priests. It's not just for the scribes and Pharisees. It's for everyone. So why is God giving us this gift? Yeah, why would you give such a gift? Don't know about you, but I buy gifts for people I love. The people who love me. Probably more important that actually. For the people who I have a relationship with. Not for those who ignore me. Who despise me. But God's passionate to have a relationship with you, to restore the relationship that was lost. In Genesis 3.8 it says this, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? So that seems just after the fall, just when Adam and Eve have sinned. And it says that God's walking in the garden. It's an everyday event. God's there with them, fellowshipping with them, talking with them, loving to be with his creation. That was worth a grin or a smile or something. You imagine that. God actually wants to actually walk with you on a daily basis and talk with you and put his arm around you and go, come on, come and see what we're doing today. Right there at the beginning, God enjoyed, loved being with Adam and Eve, loved it. He enjoyed their relationship. And we see it all through scripture. God desiring and wanting a relationship with his creation. In James 2.23 it says, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. 
In Exodus 33, 11, it says that God spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And Paul sums it up like this in Romans 5, 6 to 11. You see, at just the right time, when we were all still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for some good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Okay, so it goes on to say that while we were God's enemies, God was willing to give the gift. So how much more now? So why would you give the gift? Well, I give my wife gifts and my children gifts because I love them. And all through Scripture, that's what it screams, that God loves us. You see, no matter what life throws at you, even when all the evidence around you shouts that God doesn't love you, just look at the gift of a baby, of the baby lying in the manger. Look at his life. Look at his death. Look at his resurrection. And accept that it was all for you. All so God could love you and have a relationship with you. You know, if you imagine the baby Jesus in a manger and on this big toe is a tag somebody's tied a gift tag and it says on it and insert your own name to J love father just picture that scene I'm going to end with this. In the busyness of the coming weeks, find some time to be grateful and thankful that a loving father gave his only son as an indescribable gift so that you and I could have a restored relationship with him. If during this Christmas period, it all gets too much. The sprouts are burnt. The kids are playing with the box that the toy came in. Uncle Albert and Auntie Jean are arguing about what happened on Boxing Day in 1979. Or you're just feeling depressed, sad, lonely. Please remember the words spoken by the man who was once lying in that manger. Peace, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. And do not be afraid. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. I hope you enjoy, accept and enter into the gift that God has given.
because it's got your name on it. Because he's interested in you. And if during what was spoke before about accepting Jesus, your heart was bursting out of your chest, but you didn't quite have the courage to come up here, that's fine. You've not missed the boat. But don't leave this building before you've accepted the gift. Don't do it. Don't go. Stay. Come and see me. Come and see Rob. Come and see anyone. Just don't leave without doing it. Hey. Amen.